Hello, everyone, and welcome to June. Today is June 1, 2021. This is the More Math for More People podcast, episode three. Cheers. Hello, I'm Joel. And I'm Misty. And this is More Math for More People, brought to you by CPM Educational Program. This podcast supports middle and high school teachers with best practices, relevant research, helpful hints and tips, and anything else that randomly comes to our minds. We hope you find this podcast both entertaining and informative for your math teaching practice. Boom. June 1st. So today's National Olive Day, it's National Say Something Nice Day, and it's World Milk Day today. Cool. Misty, you do a lot setting up and managing things in the professional learning portal. And I just wonder, what do you think the listeners should know about that portal? Well, it's the one-stop shop for CPM professional learning, of course. Of course, but what exactly does that mean to everybody? A little more detail, please. You want more details? All right. Uh, so the first thing I'd say is that the professional learning portal is the place that you go for all your event registration. Professionallearning.cpm.org is the professional learning portal. And if you add a backslash events to that, then that is where you can find all of the in-person and virtual learning events that CPM offers, aka workshops, as they're available and as they're put up for people to register. So that's one thing. So if you want to find a learning event, you want to learn CPM, you're going to go to that website and you'll be able to find the ones you can register for. It's also, it's the one-stop shop part, I think also encompasses this idea that it's both a professional learning platform and a repository for resources. So you're going to have your virtual learning sessions there. If you're doing them virtually, you're going to be able to do your asynchronous modules there. You're going to be able to find additional teacher support modules as they're available. And you're also going to have, you have a learning log and other resources that are available in a file cabinet and some other things. So we try to kind of also make it the place where, oh gosh, I need this resource and I had it at a workshop one time and I need to go find it and you can go back there and you would be able to locate it. So it's, it's simultaneously kind of the place that you're getting the learning and the place you can find more learning as you go through. There's a lot of other things. So just go, I would suggest use your CPM account, go and log in and explore and see what you find, right? That's cool. Anything else that uh, listeners should know, like um, anything that's not quite in there yet, that's going to come? That's a good question. Yes. There's always things being added and Two things that I want to highlight right now are, uh, we're going to start a sequence of uh, learning events. They'll be um, You'll be able to find them virtually in the professional learning portal uh, called Starting Strong 2021. They're going right now. They're scheduled to start in July. We're working on developing the agendas and getting them ready. And then they are really sort of looking at, you know, it's been a, it's been a, by the way, Joel, 2020 was a hard year, you know, in case you were paying attention. There was a lot of stuff going on. And uh, so as we transition back to in-person learning, we want to give teachers a way to think about how they can use CPM to not just necessarily stop and reteach everything, 
but how they can formatively assess student understanding of some key foundational concepts through some of the existing stuff that's already in chapter one, and then plan to provide just-in-time support rather than just-in-case support. And it focuses and focus a lot on students' strengths and assets as well. There's more about that in the May newsletter that just came out. You can find that on your ebook landing page. And we're going to talk about it quite a bit more in a future episode when we get a little closer to July. The other thing that I would like to mention is that uh, this year we had course chats. They were bi-monthly, and it was an opportunity for teachers to meet with a CPM, professional learning specialist, to go through their course and to network with other teachers. In August this year, we're hoping to do, or planning to do, uh, some networking sessions as a kickoff to that. So it would be really a place to connect with other teachers who are teaching the same course that you are, um, ask questions, get answers, and share ideas, and, and then have some connections throughout the year. Um, and we'll talk about that some more um, in a future podcast. And there will probably be more information in the portal, and we'll probably do like a MailChimp broadcast as well when that we get close to that. So those are two of the things to look forward to. And hearing all that, um, I, again, I just definitely encourage all of our listeners to go into that portal, check it out, use your CPM accounts, um, and just take a look at everything that's there because there really is a lot there. And as you said, more to come throughout the summer and next fall. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to tell you my favorite sentence. This is totally random. Here's a totally random thing for everyone. My favorite sentence is, don't meddle with my metal metal for metal. Don't meddle with my metal metal for metal. So I get the first one. Yes. I think I get one of the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) What are all the definitions of metal? So I... It's my favorite sentence, yeah. so it's like, don't mess around with uh, my award that is made of iron for uh, being tough. I like that sentence. Thanks. It's a really, it's a very hard sentence to say. Ten times fast? Because <laughs> the words, they sound this, well, they sound yeah. the same, but they sound slightly different. With a D and a metal, T. Like, if you just say metal, it's like, yeah, with the D and the T, sometimes mm-hmm. they can kind of, like I say mm-hmm. metal, but like, who really says that? You know, it was made of metal. Maybe if I was very precise and prissy, but I'm not. All right. So we have uh, John Hayes with us today. And today is also, uh, it's National Olive Day. It's National Say Something Nice Day. And it's also... Uh, the World Milk Day. So, John, which do you like to celebrate? Well, uh, Joe, you know, Joel, I'm always curious if you actually celebrate these days or if you just like saying, I'm like, do you actually go out and celebrate? Hey, it's World Milk Day. Uh, I would have to choose National Olive Day simply because I love olives. I dig them, especially uh, with a nice Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. Do you yeah. have a special, do you have a favorite olive to go with a Sauvignon Blanc? No, um, I should, but I don't. I just like all olives, I think. Awesome. I'm I'm a Kalamata olive kind of guy. Yeah, I dig those. Mm. Mm-hmm. Misty, do you have a olive of preference? I can never remember the names of olives, but I know there's this big green 
pitted olive that I really like that you can get at delis. I don't know what it's called though. It's very solid. They start with a C, I feel like. And so, John, you're currently a professional learning specialist with CPM, and you've also done a lot of other things. So would you mind telling us what a professional learning specialist does, and then just give us a brief summary of what else you've done for CPM? I'd have to say, I think my role as a professional learning specialist is primarily to support teachers. That's the way I like to think of it. Um, So I do a lot of um, implementation support visits uh, with teachers. I also write professional development, um, both asynchronous and synchronous and all those things. Um, And then um, eventually I think I'll probably be doing some coaching in the fall, right? So I I think I started working for CPM in 2009, and that was pretty much as a workshop leader. Then I think I was part part of TRC, or the Teaching uh, Research Corps, for the first few iterations of that. Um, which was a lot of fun. And then in uh, two, 2016, I, I stopped teaching uh, full-time and became a full-time uh, math coach and teacher leader with CPM. So that's when I left the teaching profession to do what I do now. And you, you had another profession before you were a teacher, didn't you? Yeah. Before I was a teacher, I was in biostatistics. So um, this is a second Teaching was a second career for me, so I guess this is my third career, maybe more. <laughs> and you and I, I think you live someplace in who knows where, Wisconsin. Right now? Well, I assume you live there now. <laughs> I live, I live at the top of Wisconsin in Eagle <laughs> River. You could probably tell from my accent that I'm I live pretty far north. Um. <laughs> awesome. So. So uh, in the January 2021 uh, CPM newsletter, you wrote an article titled Why You Should Invest Time in Your Own Professional, no, sorry, in Your Own Virtual Learning. Uh, So what motivated you to write this article, John? Yeah, I think I was hoping that when um, teachers read it, they would be inspired to re-engage with their own professional development and um, best teaching practices. I've talked to a lot of teachers this past fall and this spring, and it seems like they're all in um, some form or another of survival mode. And, uh, you know, they haven't taken that time to to just develop their own learning. And I think that's what I was hoping is that they they might re-engage with that before they have to start the school year um, in the fall. I, I got a lot of that out of reading that article too. If there was like just one thing you wanted the listeners to really take from that article, what do you think it would be? I'm going to sound like a broken record because Misty and I talk about this all the time. But uh, one one of the things that I notice when I talk to my teachers is that they um, they always want to talk about their collaboration woes. So how do I get students to collaborate? Why won't my students collaborate? Those types of things. And I always I always come back to this idea that I don't think collaboration is the problem. I think it's um, I think it has to do with more of a shared authority. Um, and so when we started teaching virtually and when we um, when our classrooms kind of got disrupted during the pandemic, then we took a lot of that we took a lot of that math authority back. Um, and it's not just our faults as math teachers. I think all of the teachers that students encountered um, were kind of taking authority from um, the students and um, just giving them information. 
And um, what that causes is the result is that the, the students uh, don't collaborate as much. They, they don't, they aren't as motivated to do, you know, their homework or to take tests seriously and those types of things. As you're reading that article, I hope that's one of the things that you can pull out that, that shared authority is like, it has to be a priority in your classroom um, as soon as those students kind of come back into that classroom. And then, um, you know, the other thing is that their their CPM provides a lot of support for teachers and to take advantage of it. It's, I mean, it's virtually free support across the board and, um, you know, you don't get that very much. So I think I think that's another thing that teachers should come away from the article is like, oh yeah, they do have uh, they do have these modules that are asynchronous. I can go watch. They do have uh, you know a professional learning specialist that can support me and in, in questions I might have about implementing or about my classroom. So that's one of the other things that I thought that they should take out. So as as teachers, we hope right start transitioning back to in person classroom learning and into the next year through the summer, through this summer, what kinds of things do you, would you suggest they keep in mind or focus on? I would, I would suggest, you know, again, that shared authority piece again, like, and in really digging into chapter one. And I think chapter one is that um, chapter one is traditionally where we um, get our roles set up. We get our students accustomed to working in teams again. Um, we set up our expectations for our classroom and what, you know, what's going to happen when you walk in the door of the classroom and, and, and how do you get ready to do a lesson? I think all of those things are like, should be the, the primary focus. They've, the students, if they've been learning virtually, that's not been the case, right? There's been some uh, different mode of learning that they've been doing. Um, and so they need to be reacquainted with that. And so I, I, I think dig deep into chapter one and, and again, like with that focus on sharing authority eventually. Yeah, I really agree with that. I, that chapter one can be so powerful in setting relationships and routines and foundations and also providing ways to do formative assessment without stopping to assess. So I, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I get a lot of comments about, um, uh, my students are going to have gaps. So what should I do? Right. Um, and chapter one is a great place to kind of figure out where those gaps are. Um, a lot of that learning, especially in the review and preview is prior courses where, where teachers can actually dig in and, and say, Oh, so my students don't have a really great understanding of this. This is something I need to kind of uh, repair before they move on to chapter two or chapter three. So John, in, in every episode of More Math for More People, we'd like to share this new study teaming teaching strategy, and we're going to kind of go through those as we move through the episodes. But today we wanted to try a think-pair-share. And think pair share is where we kind of think about a problem, then we kind of share or pair up to talk about it and then share out to a group. But we're going to demonstrate one here. And because there's only three of us, uh, we're going to do the think and then go right to the share. So I'm going to give us a question and then you're, we'll all have 30 seconds to just kind of silently think. And then we can't give as much time as we would in the classroom because it's in a podcast situation. So then... After that, we're going to each share out our thoughts about one minute each. What do you guys think? Are you ready? Okay. So earlier, we told listeners about the CPM Professional Learning Portal, 
as kind of that one-stop shop for all their professional learning needs. So the question is, if there are one thing that you think that teachers should know about that portal, what do you think that would be? So let's go ahead and take 30 seconds to kind of think about that. Okay. So that being said, John, since you are the guest, we're going to have you go first. And if you'd please share out what teachers should know about the CPM professional learning portal. I think of it as that it's, there's something for every teacher to learn within the portal. That would be the one thing I have to share out. Um, we have collected in a, a typically referring to the asynchronous modules, but we have collected a lot of best teacher practice. We've, we've collected some teacher testimonials about their own practice, some wisdom from research. And, um, you know, there's, there's modules about public relations. There's modules about um, the teacher toolkit, which can help teachers get ready for the school year. Um, and then there's modules for um, co-teachers and paraprofessionals. And I think, you know, th- there are some teachers that are showing up and just punching the clock. But I think the vast majority of the teachers in CPM, CPM teachers uh, want to improve their practice. Um, and so I think within that, those modules, you can, you can see a lot of ways that you can change your practice. Misty? Wow. So John, you pretty much said it all. I don't know what else to say. No, I'm kidding. I, I agree. I think, I think of it as a place where there are a lot of resources and I would say not even maybe 50% of what's there is designed for teachers in their first year of implementation. That being said, there's a lot of information that teachers in any year of their implementation and work with CPM who want to keep working on their instructional practices and content knowledge can can find something useful. I think it's sort of like if you're a first-year teacher, you go, you're going to head toward that Foundations for Implementation series. And if you're in your you know second year or beyond with CPM, then you're going to look at those additional teacher resources and, and you're going to be able to find something that will add you know, if you're really looking critically at how to grow your practice. So I think in that way, it's really powerful. We've tried really hard to make it something useful for everyone. And and I kind of think of it as a place to actually connect with teachers. And I think that the, through the virtual learning uh, sessions, definitely some networking there sort of thing, but through the course chats, you can really find a place to find that you're not on your own. You like within your school, maybe you have teachers you work with, but there's a great place to find other ideas with CPM professionals as well as other teachers out there that you can connect with. That's so true, Joel. Thanks for pointing that out. Good thought. Yep. So, John, thanks for joining us today on More Math for More People podcast. We really appreciate your time and your uh, expertise and sharing your insights with us. Yeah, you're welcome. It was fun and quick. <laughs> For more information and to stay connected with CPM happenings, you can find CPM on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our intro music is one of the very talented contributions that you can find on pixabay.com. Thank you, Julius H., for your creation. Join us for the next episode of More Math for More People. What day will that be, Joel?
It's going to be National Bug Busting Day, encouraging families to check their kids for nits. And I can remember when I was in elementary school and we'd have an outbreak of lice, and my mom would sit me down in the basement and put that special shampoo in my hair and just that special.